How do you pay, man? Huh? If you don't write checks, how do you pay these guys? Straight cash, homie. Well, all right. What's yeah. 10 grand to me? Yeah. You know, ever since I turned pro in 1989, when I signed the dotted line, it was strange. Those things changed for the better and for the worse. So I called my mama and she said, baby, I see the money. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Straight Cash Homie Podcast. That's right, episode number 12. Can't believe we're 12 episodes deep into this, but it is a lot of fun. As always, my name is Neil Rule, the host of the show, alongside my broadcast partner, Cameron Evans. You can follow him on Twitter at Cameron underscore J underscore Evans, president and founder of the Evans Law Group, also with Pivotal Sports Management. But the MLB draft has come and gone, and Cam, since that time, I, I love this because this is something really that's been the overriding topic of the show. If this is the first time you're listening to the show, you can go back on our iTunes page on the Straight Cash Homie podcast and, and really pick off any episode you want for the most part. We have talked about this, but legalized sports gambling, Cam, is here. It's in effect. Delaware, New Jersey, people are running up to the windows. They're putting their money down. And way back in the day when we first started talking about this, you knew this day would come. It's come. It's here. Here we are. And it's a glorious situation to, to, to have um, sports betting and be able to look at all the implications that it has, um, not only locally, uh, as we sit here in southeastern Michigan, but across the nation. Um, and it's not going to um, end here anytime soon. The leagues are going to have to deal with it. Unions are going to have to deal with it. And um, people are going to deal with it because people like to bet on sports. Now they have a vehicle to do do it more freely in a legalized fashion. And they're about that action, no question about it. But you know, we talked about the fact that, that it has kicked off officially. And there's a number of different directions we're going to go here, Cam. And, and, of course, we're based here in the Detroit area, outside of Detroit, Michigan. We're going to take a look at it locally, how it's going to shake out here in Michigan. But we'll also take a look at some of the impacts that, that things will have going down the road. We'll kind of project this. And as you've heard... We've been pretty pretty spot on for the most part about the way things have gone down, uh, how the integrity fee will have an impact on salary caps and, and all those types of things. And we'll explain a little bit more what that integrity fee is in a little bit. But did want to start off with everything up and running in New Jersey and Delaware, Cam. In New Jersey, William Hill Sportsbook opened up. This was something that we saw coming because they had built it and they sat and waited and they didn't spend all that money on the building to not have sports betting opening day i believe the handle was something north of three hundred thousand dollars during the week on a day where there was no football or anything like that i think the early returns are in and and this is something that's that's here to stay it is and they're going to have states that uh, will go through the process um, and either have legislation passed or you have certain states that already have the legislation passed that you're just waiting for regulations to be uh, finalized that will govern how things happen. Um, but this is just the tip of the iceberg, um, and you're going to have a continued growth in this area. And as I said, states want to, states that legalize it will want to facilitate that growth. And then you have companies out there, like you talk about William Hill, you know, one of the largest in the world, Founded over in the UK, came over here to the US. They got 107 race and sport books locations uh, in Nevada right now. Um, and they're going to try to really kind of blow up that East Coast um, corridor. Um, and they, they have planted the flag in New Jersey. Um, and they know how to do it. And as I said before, you, this is nothing new. People want to bet on sports. And they would do it illegally, and they still do it illegally. But now if they got a vehicle to do it in a legal fashion. 
and you think about the mobile apps and everything else that can go along with this, um, it is just going to springboard into a, uh, a river of money that a lot of people are going to want to put their nets in and try to grab some out. And I will get into how this pertains locally here in Michigan, but, but the biggest thing that I was struck with was the ruling came down and boom, they were operational. Was it like a three-week time span? So, so, I don't know the exact number of days, but roughly about a three-week time span where they said, okay, it's legal. So boom, New Jersey and Delaware are up and going with it. And, and that's what really strikes me. Mississippi, it sounds like right now, might be the next to pop. We, they're looking to get, get up and going in July as well. But Cam, overridingly to me, and, and this is just from a business perspective, this seems like an arms race in that if you're not first here, you're pretty close to last because as with any phenomenon, if you go back throughout time, the Bitcoin, any of that stuff, you have to be first on the scene or, or among the first if you really want to reap all the benefits. And I, I'll get into my little theory about regionally, it, it spreads out regionally, right? And I think Michigan is on the clock right now to be the first in the Midwest region to get this going because to the victor goes the spoils, Cam. And, and we see this with New Jersey, and you're having people driving from all over. You talked about that New York City mecca, that New York City area as well, up and down the East Coast. They're going, they're getting down in their action. Mississippi will be vital to, to quote-unquote represent the South. And the Midwest will be up for grabs as well. But New Jersey was ready to roll, man, when this thing dropped. Right. And New Jersey had invested millions of dollars in legal fees and years of litigation to be able to go and um, have this day. And they had the skids greased. They were ready if this was a positive ruling. And they could not have gotten a more positive ruling from the U.S. Supreme Court at the end of May that they were going to be very, very quick in their ability to turn the spigot on to allow the sports betting revenue and for the state tax revenue to start to roll in. And in the Midwest, and it's wherever you are, the, the, the states that already have a foundation for betting. So you look at Delaware. Delaware is actually the first. They, they beat <laughs> New Jersey to it. But it, Delaware, you could still you could already legally bet in some limited fashion on sporting. So all they had to do when this ruling came down was tweak the regulations a little bit. They already had a statute in place that the legislature already passed. So that was easy to do. But you look at states that already have existing casinos because that is the foundation. Now you're looking at changing the law to expand and allow betting on sporting events in those states. But you have the oversight built in in a, some type of state gaming control board. You have the casinos, you have the investment already, you have the infrastructure, and now it's like, what types of bets can we do it? Okay, with that, we're, is the state going to say is legal, is sports betting legal, and then you know, allow the existing casinos to sit there and to ramp up their ability to handle those types of bets? And so in the Midwest, you got casinos in, you know, you got Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. Um, and so it'll be interesting. In Indiana's, you know, there's a charge there um, as to who's going to try to grab the revenue first out of this tri-state area. It, it certainly is a race, no question about it. You're listening to Straight Cash Homie Podcast. My name is Neil Rule. He is Cam Evans. Happy to have you with us wherever you may be listening, both on our iTunes and SoundCloud page. All you got to do, go on either one of those outlets, search Straight Cash Homie. And there we are, talking about the business side of sports, and that's what we do here. Episode number 12. Still can't believe that, by the way, but hey, Cam, here we are. Um, but about that, and again, with us being located here outside the Detroit, Michigan area, 
if you look at this from a local perspective, we have a lot of local listeners here as part of our listenership as well. And and I believe this is something to a degree that's been under underreported here in, in the local media and in all the talk show circuits and everything like that. But that's why we're here. So, so we can chime in. I got Cam, the expert, uh, with me. But Cam, locally for Michigan, and, and again, I'll, I'll reset that question to you. And, and you brought it up. Ohio, Indiana is is a casino mecca, especially on that way to Chicago. If you drive from Detroit to Chicago, you pass right through the heart of, of Indiana casino country. Do you agree with me in that I think that this is vital for the state of Michigan to be the first to the party at because you will become a regional destination? I believe that people, you know, Joe sports fan that lives in Indianapolis will jump in the car and drive the four hours past past 15 casinos to come up to Detroit to stay to get down on his sports action in an NFL weekend it is I I, I think that it's more important to get it right than to be first Um, and the people that will drive from Indianapolis up to Detroit for a weekend for me you know whether it's NFL weekend whether it's March Madness whether it's whatever the Super Bowl I mean, you start thinking about these big events, and if Michigan is the only one that has that sports betting where people used to go out to Vegas, now it's going to be, let's go to Detroit, and we can stay at one of the casinos, and we can go, and you can have the weekend there. Um, that you're going you're gonna to get people into that. But my sense is if you get somebody in Indianapolis, um, that eventually if Indiana was second in line, that they would, you know, stop along 94 and no doubt, yeah, and, no, and, and no question. It, but that's but, why you have to be first, you know. But you can do it. But there, there is certainly, and it's even broader from the standpoint. You know, if you look at Detroit from from a convention standpoint, your ability of the city of Detroit to go out and to get certain conventions. What can you do in Michigan? You know, and now this, you know, you look at the, you know, the auto shows, you look at all kinds of conventions. But now it's like, well, now you know, you also got sports betting. Why is conventions so drawn to Vegas? One of the reasons is gambling, right? And what well, along with some other key issues out there, but now you'd be able to take care, take advantage of this and leverage it uh, just out, you know, outside of the pure sports fam uh, to draw in revenue and conventions and tourism. Um, into, into Michigan is something that I think is um, high on the, the radar for a lot of legislatures. Uh, and there, that's when there's currently eight bills in Michigan that in one way or the other would legalize um, betting on uh, sporting events. Um, is that they got a lot of competing interests and they're going to try to, I say they got to try to get it right. Yeah, and that is the rub right now. And, and I kind of wanted to give an update on where Michigan stood in terms of what the sports betting landscape looks like. And you mentioned it. There are currently eight bills right now that are out there that are being perused. And as you said, a, a lot of competing interest. And this is a big piece of pie or a big a big whole pie of, of money. And everyone wants to make sure that their slice is as big as it can possibly be. So, Cam, I guess my, my fear as a lifelong Michigan resident that wants – Michigan to be first to be innovative and, and to be first on the scene and become a destination place for people to go to is will all those interests be able to come together and figure something out in a very timely fashion because again once everybody has it then everybody has it and and the uniqueness is gone the 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 shiny new car uh, you know you drive it off the lot and it begins to depreciate that that's what happens with, with this entire scene so I know one of the big sticking points right now the tribal casinos that are in in the state of Michigan there are many of them and that's really what ushered in 
if you go back through the timeline of, of gambling in Michigan, the tribal casino is what ushered in. The, the reason that there are casinos in downtown Detroit right now, make no mistake about it, Kim, are because of the tribal casinos that operated in Michigan. They were one of the pioneers in that industry. Absolutely. And and that is a, um, a sticky wicket uh, as, as to... Is that a technical legal term there, Cam? Sticky wicket? That's yeah. like a $500 an hour term, yeah. Um, we're going to get in, you know, we're going to, you know, get into some international sports here. We're talking about wickets. Uh, doing a little, we're going over to the cricket side of the yeah, world. Yeah. So um, Cricket TV rights, yeah. 248. <laughs> but, the, but you're right. So, so tribal casinos, they're this unique creature that you know, the tribes are sovereign entities, and they have a right to be able to conduct certain things on their land and their property that the state of Michigan or any other can't go and regulate. And this is what all started in 1988 when the federal law got passed that allowed these to happen, that, it, hey, tribals, you can go and, and strike a deal with a state that will allow this. You I mean, you got to strike a deal. you got to have what's called a compact. Um, and, you know, the tribes did it with the Ingler administration here in Michigan. And they're right. And then all of a sudden on tribal lands, you started to get tribal casinos. Right now we've got 23 tribal casinos. Um, and a, lot, a big issue in these bills that are out there doesn't even deal with sports betting. It right. deals with whether or not Michigan is going to allow online poker. And a lot of folks out there remember the online poker booms of the, of the mid-2000s where, right. where it was everywhere, where it was legal for a minute, kind of, and then not, and, then not, and here we are again. Right, and so the concern by, from the tribal casinos are it's, it's not certain as to whether or not the, uh, you know, the federal government's going to say it's okay for tribal casinos to have online poker because does it really literally cross the line and get off the jurisdiction of their sovereign land by offering it over the internet and so the tribal casinos are like hey we want what we call a poison pill in this legislation saying that if it's ultimately determined that tribal casinos cannot offer online poker then the three casinos in detroit that are not tribal casinos they should not be able to offer it and you get a lot of money a lot of interest at stake and that that is as i say that's a that's a sticking point that's going on right now um daily sports fantasies all wrapped up in the in, in some of these older bills that are kicking around because that was the hot button issue two years ago was can you do you know is daily sports fantasy is that gambling is it not gambling and and there's a lot of revenue streams out there but people need to come come in and the problem i say a problem but but uh one of the factors that's going on in michigan right now is that it's an election year for our state reps and our state senators at least some of the state senators. So, you know, they're up for election. They have a tendency not to be doing anything too um, rash. Great word, rash, <laughs> coming here in, you know, the, the, the run up to the four months before the November election. They're campaigning a ton. Um, but then in Michigan, we have this history that once that election is done in early November and before people are sworn <laughs> in, and here in Michigan's January 1, you have the six week period. Um, where we're going to have a turnover in the House and the Senate because of the term limits that we have. And you have this lame duck legislature that in the past has been very aggressive. Right, they'll just in, make it rain. And yeah. passing very um, 
um, sensitive legislation or legislation that causes a lot of issues, whether it's right to work in Michigan, and you can go down the right. line. So I think that if you're going to see something happen in Michigan, it's going to be during the lame duck session uh, between early November and Christmas, uh, where legislatures who are either leaving and they don't care what their constituents are going to have uh, to say. I mean, if you're someplace that you you know you travel, casinos are you know important to your district that you represent you got issues there um so that that'd be my bet is that, that that's if, if i'm betting you cam know? You're, you're hurting me man sorry you're, you're hurting me right now because because i, I want to see this i want as again as a lifelong resident of this area i want to see michigan be at the forefront of something and, and i want to see them take a look at the big picture and say look we have to figure this out and we have to figure it out now because there are and look this isn't a political show. We, we can get into the, you know, you can get into all the, the road funding and the school funding and all that stuff, which which, which we're not here for that. We're, we're talking strictly the the, uh, the sports and, and the sports gambling impact and everything like that. But I just want to see from, from that perspective, again, I, I think you're working within a limited time frame of where you can be the dominant player in all this. And, and, and look, as you said, the downtown casinos here in Michigan, they will – I think when all is said and done, they will be the primary players in terms of mapping how this thing goes. They have a lot of clout, and you know what I mean when I say they have a lot of clout. And look, that's that's the way that it's going to be. But at the same time, I want to see this move forward and have somebody with some forward-thinking vision that, that has the ability to make this work. And then you got politics that come into play. Absolutely. And, and that's and that and and but it's going to be here. Is though. Um, you know, it's like manna from heaven to a certain extent. We're all, everybody's looking for more funding for whatever project, right? And and now it's going to be well. Here is a new source of revenue for the state that people aren't really going to change their um, spending habits or anything. They're already spending the money. People are betting on sports, and so now you can just do it in a legal fashion. And the state's going to get a cut of it. Um, and now what are you going to do? So you, you look at the typical things of any state, you know, roads, schools, um, public health. Right. Uh, what's your initiative? You know, what, what's, what's it going to be? And, the, and you're going to have a funding source. So I think ultimately, I think because Michigan has invested so much in casinos, both from the standpoint of a compact with the tribes and with what they did for the three casinos in Detroit, that they're going to say sports betting's here because you're right because you have to assume at some point either Indiana or Ohio, if not both, will go along these lines and, and legalize betting on sporting events. And then you know you're sitting here, you know you got a casino in Toledo, that's a short drive from Detroit. And where can you go? Where can you draw people for a weekend for an event? And it kind of goes with the rebirth of Detroit. Um, that this is another um, part of that rebuilding process that you could plug in and say, hey, here's another way to bring people into the city, get revenue. They got to stay at the hotels. There's a tax for that. They got to go eat somewhere. You got to go eat, all this other stuff. Um, and uh, you have this huge, okay, wrong word. You have this evolving and expanding entertainment sports district in downtown Detroit that can take advantage of it and you're now leveraged to be able to have the infrastructure there the restaurants the hotels other things that you can do to say all right let's go up to detroit for you know two nights 
and hang at the casinos, what else can we do? Well, there's a yeah. lot of now. There's a lot of things you can do in the city of Detroit. And you have all those additional workforce and, and members of that workforce that are now producing tax revenue for the city of I mean there's a, there's a lot of tentacles to the to the whole situation and as you said and look political stuff aside we know the situation in Detroit where that tax revenue is is needed uh, there's certainly no question about that you're listening to straight cash homie podcast he is Cameron Evans you can follow him on Twitter at Cameron underscore J underscore Evans my name is Neil rule follow me on Twitter at Neil rule n-e-a-l-r-u-h-l follow the show as well at straight cash pod but cam as we move on to the next item on the docket here and we may mention the fact it's up and rolling right now it's happening in new jersey you have the governor betting on germany to win the world cup which didn't work out too well for the governor uh, <laughs> as uh he lost that 20 bucks there's a uh, that's unfortunate for him i think he'll be able to recover though but as you look at it it's here it's happening how will this work now? And, and the buzzword with the with the organizations, the professional sports organizations, be a Major League Baseball, NHL, NFL, NBA, integrity fee is, is the buzzword that you keep hearing. And, and essentially what that is going to break down in layman's term is they want 1%. Meaning if you bet a dollar, they want 1% of that dollar to go directly to their league. Am I oversimplifying that a little no. bit? Is that, that's, that's fairly accurate, right? I'm, I'm a simple man, Cam. I don't, I don't get you – know, I'm not a big math guy, but I understand 1% of every dollar is a lot. It, it, especially with uh, how much money gets bet. Uh, and you're right, the leagues want it because one of the things that we have always talked about um, – as, as we talked about sports betting, whatever form it was going to be on the show, is that the big concern here is that you have to have the perception of the betters that um, everything's on the up and up. No, there's no fix. Right. Nobody's trying to throw anything. And so the league his leagues have to spend a lot of time and coming up with a solution. Okay, how, what do we do? How do we monitor? We are going to go and provide the official stats all right, Matt Stafford, you know, he's going to throw for over 300 yards. Okay, what stats are you are, are you relying on to determine whether or not he threw for over 300? That's only going to come from the league. The league wants this stuff. Um, and so they want a 1% integrity fee. But now the argument's going to be that that's going to be, whether it's you you call it basketball, hockey, football, whatever it is, you know, that's, that's, that's league revenue. Generated, And so the unions are going to say, guess what? That goes into the kitty is to determine the size of, um, uh, you know. Revenue we've produced. Revenue that play- we produce. You're talking right. about the players' unions. The yeah, players' unions, yeah, for salary cap purposes, and which has a whole other implication. But this could, this could really, you know, spike salary caps um, in the leagues. They end up getting a 1%. But this is stuff that you got to worry about. I mean, it's not a professional league, but you just, you know, flip back to the College World Series. You know, here you are, here you are, Arkansas, an out away from winning, and they can't catch a pop-up in foul territory. Um, and then they go on and not only lose that game, then they lose the to, decider, yeah, yeah. to Oregon State. And, and they feel horrible for, for, for the players that are involved from, from Arkansas. But you think that if, the, if there is legalized sports betting in college sports and people had money on that game, Questions. Think, questions. Question becomes: yeah. Do yeah? What are you doing? Yeah. Did somebody throw that game for whatever reason? And so this is why it's so important for the leagues to make sure that the perception is everything's on the up and up. And they're yeah. And they want obviously they want part of the pie. Well, Cam, in you and I in our in our world famous pre-production meeting, I mean there are 
industry giants that would kill to have access to our to our world famous pre-production meetings where you know we we talk about productivity and throw around buzzwords and all that type of stuff i mean google would love to be on the inside of this room when we sit down and and have these world famous meetings but cam you brought up an interesting point to me because i i think this this is topical from two sides and and the news broke today as we record this here on a friday the news broke today that lebron james has opted out of his contract with the Cavs. So here you are, the, the best player in the game. I know he wasn't the MVP, but make no mistake, he's the best player. In the, that's a different topic for a different day. The best player or the perceived best player in the NBA is now a free agent. This integrity fee stuff, as we kick off the sports gambling, as you astutely brought up something I never even had thought of before, this becomes a revenue. And if you're a player, this is a revenue that I produce because people are intrigued now financially in in our league and what we do i have produced this revenue i want my 53 percent of it or whatever the the current revenue breakdown is if you're lebron james and this is a whole new world out here this integrity fee stuff is a whole new world if you're lebron james do you then say the length of contract i sign could could be impacted based on what and, and whether you like lebron or you don't the one thing you cannot, cannot dispute is he is a savvy businessman and knows exactly everything that's going on at all times. He is as savvy as they get. He's certainly, and, and very active with the Players Union as well, he certainly will take a look at that landscape as well, or at least his team will, his people will. And this is something that that is going to be worth monitoring coming up here in the near future, especially given the NBA free agency and everything that's going to go on. Yeah, so you're sitting in LeBron's shoes. You know, do you risk if you can go out and sign a four-year deal, which would be outside of what he has done with Cleveland? So I think he's kind of got the right thing that I'm going to continue to bet on myself mm-hmm. and I'll do short-term, short-term gigs and then I'll end up making more money over that six-year period, um, thinking that I will continue to be able to stay at my extraordinary level of productivity no matter what you think of him right um that you know you'll be able to do that and in the end that's the best financial situation for me gives him the most flexibility from a family standpoint um and and a competitive standpoint you know every every two years i can go decide do i want to go someplace else and play but now you gotta think about it hey even if you found someplace and they said yeah we want to give you a four-year deal did you now say maybe two years from now the salary cap's going to go through the roof because we're going to get an integrity fee out of sports betting and now maybe sports betting is in 23 states. And you just this, this number just goes. And now, all of a sudden, two years from now, what I can go and get in a max contract, potentially. Changes. Or in a, or even a year, I changes. And, I, and, I'm not, and I'm leaving money on the table if I do a long-term deal right now, potentially. Maybe not. Maybe they don't get the integrity fee. Who knows? Um, you know, maybe maybe the, there is a fight as to whether or not it's basketball-related um, you know, revenue. And the league's not going to put that into the kitty without a arbitration and a fight. Who knows? But these are things that come into play at a different level. And this is the thing I love about sports betting. And what it does is that it impacts so many different people in a different way. Um, and it is just going to continue to evolve and how people are going to be able to leverage it to their own benefit. But this makes a big issue. Kevin Durant's another one. He's got you know year. What's he going to do? Is he, he, and all these people? Does James Harden all of a sudden, you know, two years from now, regret signing the deal he signed because all of a sudden it's an incredibly affordable deal? 
yeah, at two hundred twenty million. And these are things. And again, I, I was I was staggered when you brought this up because I, I'm a guy I like to think of myself as tuned in. I mean, now we do a podcast about it, and we talk about it uh, on the reg. And you know, I, I was staggered to think about that that I hadn't even brought that into play. The whole integrity tax and and what what impacts that will have. I mean, this is this is so broad ranging. I don't think anybody fully understands the the entirety of the scope. No, and, 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 and it's an issue out there that's worthy to be thought about and discussed, but you know, nobody knows what the answer is. And, but, but if you're sitting there and you're, and you're these high-level players who have these huge decisions to make, now, who wouldn't want to be in their shoes making those decisions? But they're still they're very important decisions. This is now something else that you, you put into the crystal ball and you're trying to figure out what's happening. And, you know, do you, do you say, we think we're going to get it? I mean, maybe they never get the integrity fee. You know, maybe maybe something else comes along. I mean, maybe you still could have the federal government come in and say, guess what? We, we want our piece of this pie. We're going to just make the, a federal law. And the only thing that's ever going to happen is that there will be federal taxes paid. Um, you, you never know. But, you know, it's 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 potentially a significant revenue stream that will kick up the amount of the salary cap. Well, Cam, I'd sign, I'd sign you to a max deal long-term, <laughs> no doubt about that, if, if, if you were out there. But, Cam, as always, appreciate your time. Big thank you to Mike Parsons as well on the production side, Dan Glyatt as well for the work that they do, uh, bringing you this Straight Cash Homie podcast. If you like what you hear, click subscribe here on the iTunes page, and you'll be in there. Every time we upload an episode, it'll go right to your phone, and you can jump in the car, listen to it, driving home, driving to work, whatever you're doing. If you're thinking about money, which a lot of you are all the time, uh, go ahead and give us a listen. But, Cam, as always, man, thank you for your time. It's always a pleasure. And uh, whenever you're listening to it, uh, either wishing you in advance or wishing you in the rearview mirror a happy and safe July 4th holiday. Absolutely. The, the NBA free agency, which I'm sure we'll have some uh, thoughts on it as things be, uh, begin and continue to shake out. So make sure you stick with us here coming up through the month of July. Follow him on Twitter at Cameron underscore J underscore Evans. Follow me on Twitter at Neil Rule, N-E-A-L-R-U-H-L. And as always, you can follow the show at Straight Cash Pod. Thank you for listening, everybody. Well, see you later.